Coming up on the Locked On Ole Miss podcast, we get into October and what that looks like for Ole Miss football. Then we have Kara McCutcheon coming on the show to talk a little bit about what's going around on around Ole Miss sports right now. I'm Stephen Willis. It's the Locked On Ole Miss podcast. You are Locked On Ole Miss, your daily podcast on the Ole Miss Rebels, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to the Locked On Ole Miss podcast, and thank you for making that Locked On Ole Miss podcast your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms, including YouTube. So do us a favor, subscribe to this YouTube channel. You can hit the bell for notifications of new videos when they post, and of course, you can upvote the video itself. Now, we are talking about the October months of the Ole Miss football season. That's five games. That's three road games. is a pivotal stretch if not the most important stretch. Because you will not see Alabama yet. You will not see Arkansas yet. One of those is on the road in Fayetteville. But we close it two out of three at home. But the Ole Miss football schedule is set to where you um, play Kentucky at home for homecoming. You go to Vanderbilt in Nashville. You play Auburn at home for um, in a home game. You go to Baton Rouge and you go to Bryan College Station. It's a big month of football and something that people should look forward to. LSU, they're they're getting closer to that October 31st date. They're playing around with it. I don't think we will see it until after Oklahoma and Texas um, comes into the Southeastern Conference. So Kentucky is coming into town, and they are very successful. They won 10 games last year. They were the Capital One Bowl champion, or the Florida Citrus Bowl champion, um, defeating... uh, think Iowa was the team they beat. Um, I'm not sure Arkansas may have done it. I get kind of confused in my Big Ten teams and um, playing in Orlando and Tampa during that time period, so excuse me. But they won 10 games, and they're not a pushover even in the slightest. Um, They lost Liam Cohen, their offensive coordinator, which is important. Um, They brought in the offensive coordinator. There was an offensive line coach or offensive coach at some level with the San Francisco 49ers that was supposedly hand-selected by Liam Cohen. Um, So the offense is going to look similar um, because all of this offense comes from the Sean McVay, um, Kyle Shanahan, you know, tree that that started together back with the um, Redskins back in the early 2010s, you know, whenever they were young guys cutting their teeth. and But it turns out they're 33 years old or something like that, so it doesn't really matter. But that was he was selected by Liam Cohen. And Will Levis is a really good player, and Ole Miss's work will be cut out for him. It's a game that I think Ole Miss can win. I don't know if Ole Miss will win. It's one of those that can be scary because Kentucky can easily beat you. Probably as much as any team that you face in October. And that includes LSU and Texas A&M and College Station. So take this game seriously and what it means. Because Kentucky's a really, really good team. And, you know, Craig Robinson's coming back. Um, Wondell Robinson is gone, but they have been spending NIL money right and left on um, players for Kentucky football. And it'll be interesting to see what they look like going forward at the wide receiver position because they're bringing in playmakers. 
Um, I think it's Barry and Brown is up in, up there in Lexington, and Kentucky's recruiting extremely well. They've they know how to play this NIL game. Crazy enough, it's almost like they went over to the basketball side of the room and said, "Hey, hey, how do we do this?" And they're, "Oh, okay, okay we got you." And all of a sudden, they're recruiting um, picked up, but just crazy over and over again. So. This is a game that Ole Miss can lose. They should not lose. Ole Miss will be favored in this game. Uh, and take that for what, you know, you will. But Ole Miss should be favored in this game. This, this is a game that Ole Miss will be a four to seven point favorite at home. Period. Then they go at Vanderbilt. And Vandy, for as bad as they were last year, Made strides at the end of the season. Clark Lee looks like a good coach. They looked like a headache when they came down to Oxford the game. And I hope people are going to look at this game and say, well, Ole Miss wasn't ready. Ole Miss was overlooking Vandy. Well, they still had a plan to defeat what Ole Miss was doing. And they kind of did it. But they weren't quite ready to pull it off. Like against South Carolina. They should have beat South Carolina last year. But they did not. Man, that's crazy. It's another food-for-thought thing, if you think about it. If Vanderbilt finishes off South Carolina and there's no bowl game, are there any transfers um, gratuitously coming into South Carolina? Is there any buzz? Is there um, is there a bowl game last year, that the momentum that came off of it? All of their momentum came off of the bowl game, not off of the end of the season. Shane Beamer did a heck of a job, but it would be interesting to think about that. If Vandy could have held on and won that game. It's a game where I expect Vanderbilt to be a little bit of a handful. Um, they always are, especially against Ole Miss. For whatever reason, they really, really get up for that game. But this is a game that Ole Miss absolutely should win. And not just win, but win fairly handily. Ole Miss has the better team. This is the most talented football team that Ole Miss has ever had. If you think going that you can have one of them and go up to Vanderbilt and lose that's a problem this is a, this is a Ole Miss should be a two touchdown favorite going up to Vanderbilt at least Vandy's making strides but Vandy's still three or four years away from getting away to getting to a point where they honestly need to be feared um when their name pops up on the schedule that's just the way it is and because of that you know, I don't have much fear of Zach Evans and Jackson Dart going up into that deadly field environment. Um, Ole Miss fans, I expect to take over that stadium pretty well. Um, but the first two games, those two games, you know, Kentucky is a losable game, definitely is, but Ole Miss should be favored by four to seven. And Vanderbilt, they should be favored by as high as 17 points or something like that in that game. So that's the first two games of October. March Madness is only a few weeks away, but that means you need to start thinking now where you're going to be running your brackets this year. Are you going for the usual? Or are you going for, the, going for the best? We've done our homework here, and we're running brackets with RunYourPool.com. If you've got a business, Run Your Pool can help you take some of that ma madness magic and play alongside your employees or even gain customers. Plus, they gain they offer full white glove customer support, custom branding, and one of the easiest three-minute setups you'll ever find. Clearly, we believe Run Your Pool because, like I said, we're running our brackets there ourselves. There's no truer test than that. If you want to play against us, 
for a shot at a cash prize, join us at runyourpool.com slash locked on. And while you're there, create your own pool for your friends and family and enter Pure Madness at checkout for $10 off your custom pool. All of the rules and details will be available there. That's runyourpool.com slash locked on for your chance to win a cash prize. We look forward to seeing and beating you there. March Madness is right around the corner. If you want to win your office pool, you need to stay caught up with all the college basketball action with the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Every Monday, Andy Patton and Isaac Shade recap the biggest stories in college basketball, keep you up to date on the NCAA tournament bubble, and get you ready for the upcoming week of games. From the Big East to the Mountain West and everywhere in between, Andy and Isaac have college hoops covered on the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Thanks again for making the Locked On Ole Miss podcast your first listen every day. Make sure and check out the Locked On Bracket Breakdown March 14th right here on the Locked On Ole Miss podcast feed and YouTube channel. College basketball experts Chris Gordy, Andy Patton, and betting expert Lee Sterling give you in-depth breakdowns on every matchup. That is really, really cool. But right, apparently right here, according to this, they'll, they'll pop up and you'll be able to see it. And Hey, I'm pretty fired up about that, honestly. So, we did Kentucky and Vanderbilt to start the show. Now it gets a little bit tougher. And not necessarily tougher talent-wise, because Kentucky is arguably better than any team that we will face um, left that's on the schedule. Auburn is the next one. They come to Oxford. Now, other than Ole Miss being snake bit against Auburn uh, in football, is there anything there to really fear? I mean, it, it, this is a game where Ole Miss should be a 7-10 to 10 point favorite. Now, it's a game that Ole Miss can drop because, like I said, Auburn, for whatever reason, has had Ole Miss's number. But if you look at the quarterback position, T.J. Finley, Zach Calzada, um, maybe Robbie Ashford doesn't really incite fear in your body. So you have a chance to, I don't want to say take a breath, but this is a game that Ole Miss should win. Period. It's it's at the point where it, you look at a game on paper and you should be able to get to eight, nine, or ten wins with the talent that we currently have. That That's amazing. I know everybody's going to be pessimistic and talk about the negative things that can happen. Well, the other team has negative things that can happen to them, too, whenever you look at a matchup on paper. If they're playing this game right now, they can easily say, uh, they're better than we are. And it will not be false. It will not be false hope. It will not be sunshine pumping. It's, it's a reality of what's going on. Can Ole Miss lose this game? Yeah, Auburn has Ole Miss's number lately. Should Ole Miss lose this game? Absolutely not. This is the year that everything gets turned around in the Auburn series. They, they, they have a little bit of problems going on right now on the plane. The next week, they go down to Tiger Stadium and LSU. And this is another game where if you look at just talent on the field, Ole Miss has the advantage. Ole Miss used to always, you could used to always say things over as like, well, Ole Miss plays really well at Tiger Stadium. And that used to be the way they were. And and we're not really saying that anything is 
changed necessarily. But Ole Miss hasn't gone in there as the favorite very often. The last time I remember them going in on the favorite is 2014 in Tiger Stadium. And that place turned into a sauna, into just a hornet's nest. To where at the end of the game, you know, a field goal to tie it, Bo Wallace decides to try a 41-yard pass at the end of the game. And Ole Miss ends up losing 10-7. Ole Miss loses to LSU those weird and low-scoring games. But it's one of those games that could be quite interesting. Brian Kelly is an interesting coach. We can make fun of him for, you know, fake Southern accents and all of that stuff and dancing with the recruits. We can make fun of all of that stuff. But he's a good football coach. And at LSU, that usually is um, followed really closely by winning. I don't know if it's in year one. I don't know if it's in year two. I don't know if it's in year three, but it's going to happen. The question is, can Ole Miss put a little bit of distance in the meantime before it happens and win a couple of those ball games that Ole Miss has a history of doing? Wasn't that long ago, you know, 2013, 2015 happened. And then in the, in the middle was that 2014 game where Ole Miss was undefeated. It was a game day game, and LSU just had a hornet's nest stirred up for Ole Miss down in Baton Rouge. So, pretty interesting. It's the game that Ole Miss should win. I think Ole Miss should be favored somewhere between three and six going into this game. And you'll you'll notice that over the course pretty well um, over the season that Ole Miss is the favorite. Ole Miss is the favorite. Ole Miss is the favorite. And that is going to do a good job of eliminating a narrative of woe is me. And it's going to create the narrative of we need to get this done. Because that's the more important thing. Not Don't be afraid of success. Just get what needs to be done, done. Now we close out um, October 29th at Kyle Field and Texas A&M. With their new quarterback, Max Johnson, I, 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 he's not a guy that um, put a ton of fear in us <laughs> over the last couple of years at LSU. But at A&M, he's supposed to. And I, I just don't understand how that is going to look. It might be a situation where he was the only missing piece. I, I do not know. I mean, it might happen. It might not. But if he is the only missing piece of what's going on, Texas A&M has a chance to be really good. Because last year, they had 21 pieces that were upwards towards the best in the SEC. But the one they weren't was the quarterback position. Calzada ended up transferring to Auburn. They ended up going into the portal and getting Max Johnson and signing his little brother as a tight end, by the way. So I think... You'll see an offense that looks incredibly similar to what Jimbo does. Because Jimbo is not going to say, oh, we need to um, reassess what we're doing and go more spread. No, that's not what Jimbo's going to do. Jimbo's going to double down with more Jimbo, especially as a $100 million coach. But if you are a $100 million coach, if you just spent $30 million on a recruiting class and you drop an 8-4 and this year, 
it's not going to come back to what it was. This, this is kind of the window of a year or two to where something can happen at College Station and Texas A&M. Because, honestly, guys, I, I just don't see it with A&M. Defensive line and in the trenches, they are absolutely towards the best in the league. Outside and the running game and stuff that they need, they're not there. They're, they're, this is like the opposite of the Kevin Sumlin teams to where A&M had skill players all over for days with no play in the trenches and ended up costing them games. This one, they have offensive and defensive linemen in spades, but there's no skill players to just take over a game. There's no number one. Texas A&M is trying to play offense in the SEC basically with number threes. And yesterday, um, their star wide receiver, their five-star, got arrested. So we'll see what everything looks like. But as we saw when they came to Oxford last year, A&M, they do not need to be feared in the same way that you might look at an Alabama. Yeah, I mean, even LSU at this point. They're going to have to prove over over a bit of time to be worth paying attention to. And that's just the way it is. So, we'll see what happens um, there. But it's a game that A&M's probably going to be favored by 3-6. to six. It's going to be a battle, and it's going to be a game that Ole Miss can win. This one would be similar to the Kentucky game if you flipped it. It's a game to where if Ole Miss won the game, I'm not shocked. If Ole Miss lost the game, I'm not shocked. It is what it is. Anyway, football might be over for the season, but basketball is in full steam for both pro and college hoops from all the latest odds, totals, player performance props to where the next fired coach is going to land. BetOnline.net is the number one spot for all of your sports betting needs. BetOnline remains the best spot for all of your sports scores, spots, Oh, podcast and news this season. It's not just basketball. BetOnline.net is your source for hockey, boxing, and UFC. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action. BetOnline, where the game starts. Thanks for making the Locked On Ole Miss podcast your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms, including YouTube. So do me a favor, hit subscribe, hit the bell so you'll know get notifications whenever we put a new video up, and of course, upvote the video itself. I'm here with Kara McCutcheon, and we're going to talk a little bit of Ole Miss sports, and we're going to dive into the social realm that's been going on, and we're going to talk about all different stuff. And, you know, I think there's a little bit of a smorgasbord this week, Kara. Yeah, we had a lot going on this week, sports-wise. Yeah, yeah you've got uh, uh, Ole Miss baseball run-ruling everybody. Ole Miss basketball playing well when they have no business doing it. Um, Lane finalized his staff. There's a lot of stuff going on. You know, an interesting point someone brought up to me that I kind of was looking into, if you look at the staff, like I think Oregon at one point, um, they were mentioning how the youngest uh, staff age like combined at average is 40 years old. I think if you look at it, Lane might be the oldest uh, coach on the staff that we have right now. A lot of young talent um, in coaching right now in the oldest uh, football team. Yeah, and I think that has to do with kind of a reorg of the way we think of on-field coaches in football. Recruiting has become such a young man's game. I mean, Matt Luke um, retired basically rather than recruit because it's it's a bear now. 
So you're seeing a bunch of guys in their late 20s, early 30s trying to make a name for themselves, willing to do it. Um, I, I, and the X's and O's guys are turning into analysts. They're the off-the-field guys. It, it's interesting. It is. It's really interesting to see. Um, I'm really interested, though, because I think we probably um, have the youngest uh, coaching staff right now in college football. So I'll be really interested to see uh, what comes to that and how – that dynamic shows not in just recruiting, but even with like, I guess sometimes people lean a little more towards experience, but um, I'm really interested to see what this coaching staff does. Yeah. I think we have a 28 year old coordinator. And to put that in perspective, when I graduated high school, he was born. That, that, that's <laughs> upsetting. Never mind. I don't want to talk about it anymore. <laughs> that, uh, a lot of interesting things here on the front of a uh, college football. Um, yeah. That is kind of, when you think about it. <laughs> yeah, it, 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 it's upsetting. Now, um, uh, before we move on, I do want to get your opinion on this, especially with Kermit. Um, my opinion, the show's opinion of what's going on, is this season was just ruined by injuries, and it doesn't matter if we had Mark Few as the coach, the results would have been exactly the same. We kind of have pieces that in place, if they're healthy, can do what that we want them to do. Um, so I, I just don't know if this year was Kermit's fault. I'm kind of on this side that it's time for Kermit to go. Um, there was a lot of chance we had in several games. Auburn, um, I mean, man, even la like last night in that game, like we had chances there. It just came up short. There was a lot of chance still, even despite injuries. And just some of the calls, some of the adjustments, they just weren't right. And I don't have anything – personally against Kermit, but I'm concerned that Kermit's style is a little bit of an older style that's not really pushing towards through where we're at. And I think kind of getting a friend, like maybe a little bit, um, I guess more current or <laughs> way of coaching might be a little bit better to say that in the nicest way. But I, I think Kermit um, is kind of on his way out. Um, so I'm I'm kind of on the fence with Kermit and the injury thing. I think there were some adjustments and things he could have done that were just unacceptable, you know, that he should have made. Yeah, that's possible. I was just curious about that. Um, and I think, and personally, I think the guidepost of how to deal with Kermit is um, Coach O, honestly. Two years ago, 0-16, there was no hope in that program. It was completely cratered. This year, NCAA tournament, 21-7, and seven, four seed in the SEC. I think I think that's the guidepost of what Ole Miss basketball, men's basketball, needs to look at. And I think that's something we can do because we don't have the money that other states have. So we're not going to have a fully invested network on all sports. Um, and they're going to lean towards football. Everything they do is going to be football. And basketball is going to get the scraps. And if you rely on that and do everything that everybody else does, um, you're you're going to be playing their game with lesser players. And I, I just don't I just don't know how I think about that. I think though, also if you look at how uh, the women's basketball team started, it was very slow. And coach, it was very open about where they were at fundamentally and, and where they needed to develop. And you just see that growth that happened not only throughout the years, but look at where they are from the beginning of the season to where they are now, mm -hmm. you know? Um, and so you have to appreciate just how far they've come and the things that they've done and these moves that they're making. Um, they're, I think on the men's side, I do think a fresh 
we have the talent. It's there. Do I think Kermit is gone after the season? No. Um, do I think he's on the hot seat? Yes. So, um, but we, I do think the men's adult team does have the talent there. And I think, you know, with the in- injuries, Kermit will probably be here another year, but I do think there's a hot seat also if he's unable to produce in the next season. Yeah, and I also think that fans assumed that Jamin Brakefield was coming here as a finished product and not a developmental case. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can see he has Ansu Cisse-like ability. Like we're, You can see what he can develop into, but he's not there yet. And I think that he was the um, catalyst of the expectations along with Deshaun Ruffin. And because of that, it kind of set him behind. Deshaun broke his hand in the first game. This season's just been a mess mm-hmm. all over. Really, yeah. I will say yeah. it has. I, yeah. There have been some changes, but I think we still had chances. I mean, that first and we played Auburn, we had chances. We had chances last night. Um, I mean, uh, I think at one point we were uh, six now from Kentucky, I, and uh, we were, had some silly fouls, different things. Um, I mean, there was just some things like we still had the chances there and pull these big upsets. Um, so the talent's there. Um I just, uh, I do think Kurt's probably on a hot seat moving forward. Yeah, we need Ruffin back and we need him to stay healthy because this is a decent basketball team whenever everybody is together. But the one thing that you saw all season is the propensity of five 10-minute scoring droughts that would just happen at the most inopportune time that the other team would take advantage. That Auburn game you're talking about is a fine example. Ole Miss was up by 13 or 14 with four minutes left, and it ended up being like a four-point halftime game because of a scoring drought that continued into the second half. I mean, it's a mess. Even the game against Missouri should have been closer than they were. Um, You know, there was just oral play in those and shooting. And, um, I mean, even if you looked at some of the three-point percentages through some of those games, uh, also – free throws percentage, not great. Some of these are just fundamental things that needed to be worked on, I think, a little bit more. All right. So um, we're getting ready to start spring football. Um, any any Anything out there that you're looking forward to seeing? For spring football, I'm really, really kind of focused on, I think, as much as everyone else is the quarterback situation. I think we're all kind of curious of how that's going to play out. Um, I'm also a little bit interested to see – uh, are we going to lose Altmaier um, if Jackson Dart were to win out there? Um, I would like for Altmaier to still stay, um, but I'm very interested in that dynamic. Yeah, I, I'm interested in that. And, it, and will Ole Miss end up with Jack Abraham as a three, even if a Luke Altmaier stays through spring? He might give a year, but that, that'll give us a little bit of depth and a little bit of a stabilizing mm-hmm. thing. Um, I'm looking forward to seeing what the O-line looks like. I want to see what Nick Broker as a guard looks like. Um, Jeremy James is a left tackle. Mason Brooks at right tackle. I want to see what that offensive line looks like for Jake Thornton. And I also want to see what they're going to do on the outside at the wide receiver position because they are recruiting through the portal bigger bodies. It tells me that Zach Evans is going to be the bell cow this year, and they're looking for people to block on the outside. Block on the side. Mm-hmm. I would agree. I think as well. I think we have a very strong running game. Um, our potential for a strong running game uh, kind of lanes forte. He likes to lean on that. Um, I'm really interested to see a lot of this talent that we brought in and where they kind of move the ship. I want to see even the tight end. 
Um, you don't see a lot on tight end. We haven't seen, so I'm interested to see kind of what happens there. If you saw uh, Casey Kelly did get a um, scholarship, so I'm a little bit interested to see what happens there with Michael Trigg, Casey Kelly, uh, and um, Hudson Wolf. Hudson Wolf. Sorry, I was about to say Hudson Card, and I knew that was not right. <laughs> Hudson Wolf. <laughs> so, Isn't he a baseball player? Uh, he's a backup, I think, quarterback for UT, or was at one point. They oh, the that, that's right. Yes, yeah. right. Okay. Yeah. See, all the all you Texas people just completely freaked me out. <laughs> also, we'll, let's let's talk about this for a second. Um, Casey Thompson is transferring to Nebraska. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, that's from Texas to Nebraska, and he's an Oklahoma legacy. I know everybody at Ole Miss likes to give the Manning family um, grief for Tennessee. But can you imagine if a um, legacy Ole Miss quarterback went to Mississippi State and transferred to LSU? I know. Uh, it's an interesting date. Um, a part of me wonders, though, is where OU's uh, involvement was with him um, or the discussions with him. Because you would think they would maybe talk about recruiting him there, but but what was the reality of a starting position for him? Or was he just, I want to make my own day. I'm kind of, I don't want to go follow that yeah. route. Kind of the way I think Arch might be leading. Yeah. I, yeah. Oh, by the way, on this on three RPM thing, this is, this is the um, pattern that I've seen develop. RPM puts out a story that these are the top four and the percentage while you do it. And then they do an article about it, which goes into their RPM algorithm to determine where the player is going to go. So it's a story about um, what they're doing, and it's a story about that algorithm. So it's kind of a self-fulfilling feeding prophecy um, that the RPM is having. And it's, it's kind of like a news service doing a story off of a poll that they conduct. It's it's a weird thing, and it's kind of a way to make it say whatever you want it to say. Yeah, it's interesting because you see like it changes. So now we're looking at Alabama as a front runner. A few months ago, it was Georgia. A little bit in between there was Texas. Uh, now, you know, who knows? Maybe next month we're going to be back at the top. Like, um, just the way you see this kind of uh, publicized has been very interesting. And I kind of wonder how much real intel they actually have here on this, though. Yeah, once they opened it up and they started talking about the RPM, this is like the Jackson Dart thing where he had a 98% chance of going to Ole Miss. And then the RPM um, got opened and two people had made predictions and they were both Ole Miss, just just two. And where's the rest of the algorithm coming from? Uh, mm-hmm. it, it, feels like, it feels like manufactured news. It really does. It, it really does, yeah. Um, it's very interesting to see just kind of uh, – I'm not sure if you're – familiar with RJ Young and what he does and he kind of puts out that stuff that kind of gets whatever he sees gets the most attention it might not be his actual sports take but whatever he sees that attention come from he'll kind of put that out there mm-hmm. and see what hits so I'm interested on how some some of that is kind of intertwined in these like different that are especially in recruiting like where are you seeing more hits from so maybe we're going to push Texas a little more because we're getting a little more attention from Texas fans or maybe we're going to hit like now because we're getting more so I'm interested how much of that those well, hits have things. When I went to um, Rivals, and I worked at Rivals for like 10 years, Rivals had a um, reputation because it was owned by an Alabama guy to basically, it was basically saying that Alabama was going to get all the players, you know, the same thing. Mm-hmm. And that moved over to 24-7, and they got that reputation. And now he's the owner of On3. So Alabama, mm-hmm. he owns the Alabama site. 
um, on on three. So he's figured out a way to make money and make money off of making money off of Alabama fans. So good for him. But I think it's important that people be wary of actually what he's saying because it doesn't necessarily have to be true. It just has to have content. Content's their game, not truth. Okay. I definitely agree. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thanks for making the Lockdown on Miss podcast your first listen every day. Um, tune in tomorrow whenever we um, continue our final look at the pre-way-too-early fall look at Ole Miss football. Now make the second listen, Locked on NFL. Ryan Tracy and former NFL cornerback Eric Crocker bring the draft to life every day with insight and analysis on college football prospects and NFL front offices. It is free and available wherever you get your podcasts. Kara, thank you very much for um, stopping by. I look forward to next week, this conversation. I just enjoy it every week. You too. Hotty toddy. Hotty toddy.